MMOs have always brought you into their world. Sandbox games give you their tools to shape your own world out of their canvas. Fortnite is increasingly blending the two, giving you a living world that isn't just scavenge, shoot, and survive, nor play in their sandbox, but also race and jam out when you want to, soon allowing you to pull your old plastic instruments out of their coffins. R.I.P. Metaverse. This is the Shooty Player One headline. Now it's time for your hosts, Rubber Roberts, Jamie Summers, and Loki, to tell you more about this story and the rest of the week's gaming news. Starting right now on the show, where every gamer has a voice... Hello, my friends out there on the internet. Welcome back to another week of the show where every gamer has a voice. It is Orange Lounge Radio. We are live once again tonight, December the 17th of 2023, episode number 986 of our show. My name is Rob Roberts, and I'm here, happy to be with you every single week. And apologies if I sound a little off tonight. It's because I am. I'm getting over some type of sick that's had me up and down since about Tuesday, so my voice is a little eh, so uh, sorry about that. Uh, but um, hopefully uh, here to here to help carry the weight uh, <laughs> this week. Say hello to the one and only Dark Soccer or Jamie Summers. Hey. Hey. Uh, sorry to he- see your cam is broken tonight, but you are still represented with your PNG avatar. But um, how are you doing tonight? Well, actually, it's a JPEG. <laughs> oh. Same, same thing. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm doing fine. Mm-hmm. Um. I uh, I had my ballet recital last night, mm-hmm. and I'm uh, I'm pretty pooped. Yeah, I've done nothing but sit on my butt all day. I don't think I played anything for an entire week. <laughs> I I played I, some Dreamlight Valley, but like I know the feels of sitting on your butt for an entire week, but it's it's, oh, it's driving been... me bonkers. Well, I was just kind of a nervous wreck all week too, and sure. then now I like I have no emotions. I my emotion is potato. But is it nice to be? to be done with that and have that like i did that because that's how i feel about some of the like hosting things that sometimes make me nervous as i get on the other side of it and i'm like that wasn't so bad and i did that yay but think of this Hmm. your first time hosting this was my very first recital ever um god and so i think my first time hosting was at the birdcage cinemas in front of a group of like 20 people so it wasn't that intimidating but maybe like the first time hosting a big show yeah like yeah nerves yeah for sure well and then it's not just remembering what you're going to say but making your feet and your hands do the same thing and not fall over and staying on your tiptoes Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with a skirt that's too long for you yeah Yep. Yeah, that was all what was going through my head was remember to smile, don't fall over, don't step on the dress, you know how to do a, a pas de bourree, you know how to do an échappé, you know how to do this, and like, why is my leg not going up in the direction I want to? Now I don't care. Look, I did a pirouette. <laughs> looking at the pictures, it looked like you did a solo number. Was that a solo thing, or nope. was would the other people just kind of cropped out of the picture? That that's a zoom in on a, a a picture of a couple of us. Okay, but still, I mean, that can go because that means you have to kind of be in sync with the others, and that's a whole other pressure to it. So there's kind of give and take yeah, on both sides. And but I feel like now that I've got that out from under me, and December is apparently always the worst one for for learning routines because we had someone quit. Oh, yikes. And we so we had to completely not like a complete re-choreographing, but we had to restructure our choreography and mm-hmm. take into account one few person for a Grand Allegro, for example, you know, not having someone be like the point of a triangle, for example. And we still managed to get the routine down in a month. And I learned 
probably at least seven different steps just to perform this all together that I didn't know before we started. There you go. Congrats. Well, let's say hello to somebody who I don't think is planning to do ballet this holiday season, but you never know. Say hello as well to Techmaster Loki. Nope. I am definitely not planning on doing that. But are you planning on playing some more video games? What's this one playing behind you tonight? It looks like a... That's Lethal Company. Oh, I don't don't know this one very well. I know the name. I've been watching Cam play that. It's a scary... It's like a scary jump scare game where you go and collect, like, scrap... And you have to avoid all the monsters that are trying to do different things to you. So is it is it like a um like a you know these these uh, collection type of like survival build games? I feel like are really in right now, and like Lego Fortnite is just like exacerbating uh, that whole thing. Is it kind of yeah, one of those not, type of games? It's not. A, it's not really a survival game. I mean, it is okay. survival in the sense that say, you, you, you don't want to die, okay. but like yeah. um, it's not like you're crafting things for yourself. It's more of like you have to go collect loot from this procedurally generated building, I guess. And there's monsters in there and you have to each monster has like different ways that they behave and you have to kind of navigate that way um, to try to like and everything's dangerous. Hence the name Lethal Company. Um, The planet's dangerous. There's dangerous mobs outside. There's dangerous mobs inside. Um, It's just. It's it's funny in the sense of how brutal it is. Okay, uh, maybe I, I don't know. You know, I'm not a big jump scare person, but I'm I'm looking for some fun yeah. new games to add to the it, streaming it, repertoire. So it's fun. It's fun with multiplayer because um, when you're talking <laughs> over voice chat, they give you that kind of like walkie-talkie sounding voice and stuff when you're talking to each other. Oh, that's cute. so. There's like a filter over it, and. Um, yeah, things go wrong pretty fast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nice. Well, hopefully everything's been going right for you personally. And uh, yeah, hopefully sure. things are going well. Good. Uh, any, new, any new posts on your YouTube channel as of late? No, I was editing one uh, today. I, I've been procrastinating this week. And by procrastinating, it means I build more farms uh, when I'm procrastinating. No, I was, I've been working on uh, designing the ride systems for the first ride that I'm putting in my theme park. So that's taking time to design all that. In the meantime, though, I've been filling out the basement area of my build with, I think, like, there's at least three, two more farms in there now. Okay. Um, There was going to be three, but it didn't end up working. It blew itself up. But um, so that'll be coming in, like, a later video. I right now have been working on the raise work stuff. I was hoping to get it all done in one episode, but... I've already got 30 minutes of just end rating, so uh, it's probably just going to be the end. Then there's going to be one more episode that's the build that I did. All right. All right. Well, uh, we are going to get into this week's news. I do want to give you all a quick schedule update before we get too far into the news. Uh, we do tape live this program, of course, every Sunday night at the Voice of Geeks Network, twitch.tv slash VOG Network at 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific, right after the Bobby Blackwell show. But that's kind of changing up for the next couple weeks because of the unique nature of this show being on a Sunday and some pretty major holidays coming up the next couple weekends. Uh, we're going to do some schedule changes. So next week on December 24th, which happens to be Christmas Eve, we're going to be doing an early show. So, And our pal Bobby Black. Blackwolf is getting in on this too. So Bobby's going to start us off next weekend at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we will follow that at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern with a special 
Orange Lounge Radio, uh, episode number 987 at earlier hours. Uh, if folks overseas, I know it's still Christmas Eve, so folks may still not be able to join us, but I know some of our folks overseas in the UK, this will be an excellent opportunity for y'all to jump in and listen live if you can, but I understand y'all might have family obligations that come first. Completely respect that. New Year's Eve, the next week, 1231, we will not be here at all. We're going to take that weekend off, and that week, week tends to be a very slow news week anyway, so it's not like there will be much to miss. We will join you once again at our usual time, 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific, on January 7th, I think the date is, when we come back from uh, the holiday episodes. So once again, next week, 987, early show, then a week off. The 988 uh, when we uh, are back on a regular schedule in early January in the year 2024, if you can believe it. The 22nd year that we will be broadcasting. All right. Um, Phil of Nine in chat says, let's hope a new Nintendo console isn't announced then. Well, not that week. Now, mid-January, anything's possible there. I can't remember when the Switch was announced, but I I don't think it was... It was like mid-January or early February, I think. It was like late January, early February. So it's not to say we may not not have some big news towards the beginning next year. I think we want to be careful where to set our expectations. And I do think that comment was made very tongue-in-cheek anyway. But since people are thinking about the Nintendo successor and all that, you know, fun stuff, uh, you know, it's something to keep an eye on but uh yeah I, I wouldn't put any expectations until you know maybe when we get halfway through next year and we still haven't seen it then we start going hmm, weird um you know because halfway through next year would be the time that this really big event in the gaming industry w- used to happen and they kept saying oh it'll happen again someday it'll happen again someday but loki is that day ever going to come <laughs> no no it, it's not going to come anymore um So they finally decided to um, basically confirm what everybody's been saying for the longest time, and that is that E3 is dead. It is officially dead. The ESA has said it's dead. It says, we know the entire industry of players and creators alike have a lot of passion for E3. We share that passion. We know it's difficult to say goodbye to such a beloved event, but it's the right thing to do given the new opportunities our industry has to reach fans and partners. In other words... Uh, we don't need you anymore. They don't want to pay your fees to market themselves in a booth at your event, and you've been irrelevant for years, and now you're just, you know. Yeah, I'm not, it, no one's surprised. So, well. Yep. Um, I think maybe for this one, I am going to uh, defer my comments here to the great uh, Wendy Williams, who said it best in this quick five second clip. Uh, here you go. Oh, she passed away. Oh, mm. all right. There it is. Which oh, one was that? Oh, she passed away. All right. <laughs> oh, I I was thinking the death toll of well i mean maybe 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 before this announcement look so so here's the thing here's the thing like obviously we've known this was coming for some time especially especially when like repop keep in mind they partnered with repop never produced anything in that relationship and then repop comes out and says the, the the relationship is done with that was like if you couldn't tell then i don't know what to tell you and i know we were saying on the show when that was announced well this show is already dead like it's not happening so this tweet is really confirming what we already know and look i'm not Stop trying to make e3 happen it's not <laughs> going to happen pretty much pretty much here's the thing 
I'm not exactly taking delight in the fact that E3 is never coming back because you know what? We had some damn good years at E3. We had some damn good years at E3, especially, you know, like 2004, 2005, you know, that era, even 2010 was a good year. You know, there were some good years in there, but the problem was the show that E3 was becoming in 2018, 2019 was nothing like the show it used to be. It was, and a lot, a big, big part of that was the bend of the knee to the consumer demand. The consumers wanted to come to E3 because consumers were getting to see demos on the show floor and were not able to properly put in context that these were early builds. There were way too many people that were basing their opinion of an entire game off of an E3 show demo that was maybe recorded on some, you know, game store manager's camera that, you know, was you put live on YouTube and so forth. That's where the show was kind of going at one point. And I, I think, you know, because E3 kind of leaned into what the consumers wanted, I don't think the exhibitors wanted that anymore. And you really saw Sony kind of be the first to want to jump shark on that when E3 uh, changed their tune the first time when they went to the um, airport hangar in the hotels in Long Beach in 2007, uh, when Sony kind of threatened to quit E3 the first time. But I... I actually think one of the ESA's big mistakes was not calling Sony on their bluff. You know, mm-hmm. Sony was throwing a fit because of how poorly the PS3 was received, but it was kind of their own damn fault. It was their own damn fault, really. Um, so I, I, I think the ESA should have called them on their bluff, uh, quite personally. But they did start to let everybody into that show. Uh, without really properly screening people, the criteria they were using to screen people was not it didn't match the times it was, do you have enough people on YouTube to get here? Well, do you know that a lot of people get a lot of viewers on YouTubes by acting like dicks? And I'm not saying every YouTuber acts like a dick. Maybe Loki acts. No, I'm just kidding. Actually, Loki does very family friendly content, but Loki, like let's, let's have some real talk. Do you ever get frustrated at some, not all. Do you ever get frustrated at some of the people who are the top Minecraft people and some of their shitty attitudes? Do you ever get frustrated with that? Uh, attitudes um i mean some some people's content is certainly not for me like i feel there's a lot of stuff out there that um it's it yeah it, it could be well the youtube algorithm it like will promote what a lovely that, pageant answer yeah. <laughs> like, it, it's it's yes yes there are some people out there that are people they're considered somewhat questionable because of things that they've said or um you know they they stream on kick now, so people just assume you know that they're you know they're cool with the racist people. You know since th- there's a lot of those on uh, kick as well. But um, yeah, there's I mean outside of even just the Minecraft space, there's a lot of people on YouTube or TikTok or whatever that are just complete wastes of human flesh i mean so there's a lot of people like that in the real world too so my point is is that esa is really the ones that put on e3 set these arbitrary goals without asking the question how did people hit these numbers so it really and it just kind of showed that 
uh, the viewers were the most important thing and not necessarily right. the editorial content of what they were going to say. For for example, like that tryhard that uh, keeps storming oh, onto the stage, oh, oh, you know, God. considering how much, how many followers they probably have, they would probably qualify to get into E3. Oh, I thought you were going to bring up the guy that took the camera in the bathroom. That, that oh. Oh, that, that too. That, no, but he got in the E3 just fine. I didn't yeah. even think of that when Bobby and I were talking about E3, but that, that whole situation exacerbates exactly what I'm talking about. Like, points a big neon arrow at it. If somebody had ever evaluated why is this guy popular, he should have never been let in the door in the first place. But the ESA was not really equipped to handle that sort of thing. And I think it kind of did them in because they weren't able to evolve with the industry. Well, That's yeah, it's it hard is. to see like... having arbitrary requirements without actually having money and research into choosing well, those people. 100%. Also, just don't let those people, you know, promote your game because obviously people that are like teaming up with Dr. Disrespect anyways, um, it, it's like he's got a persona, if you will, but like, you know how he acts. And if you're willing to still promote your game with them, then that's you kind of invite that. So once right. again, like you know how how would he get invited to an event like this? Obviously, he is a, he is technically an influencer for like FPS games. There are people that agree with his opinions on that type of stuff, but he's also a bit you know um, unpredictable, and um, obviously, I wouldn't necessarily you know hitch my horse to someone that's been banned off of multiple streaming platforms, but exactly what, what you're going to do, I guess. But E3 made that mistake and they paid for it with all that. That was the negative press. They ended up getting that show when they were wanted to... attention. That's, that's right. why and you got that's it. Why um, Paris Hilton was at an E3 event <laughs> to be fair. That was a little more on the publisher, but l- let me also ask this. Was that whole – I mean, I know it was a pain in the ass that year with the security and all that stuff, but was Paris Hilton going to E3 really the end of the world? I don't think it, I don't think at this no. big scope of things it really fucking matters. I don't think anyone cared Exactly. Let them waste the money to bring her into E3. Like, you know, it's ironic, though, because, like, if Paris Hilton were to go now, I'd be like, oh, that'd be fun. Like, I want to go meet Paris Hilton. Like, she's fun, you know? But, you know. It, years years can change your your taste and your perceptions a little bit that's for sure uh, and tiger, yeah. tiger clown chat says if e3 ever comes back it will be a name only when another company takes the name you know that's an interesting thing to consider is that the esa may have to sell the name to pay off their debts because i i don't know how the esa survives this news i i what what does the esa do for the industry other than e3 and we've already i'm not going to repeat the same shtick we've done on the show before where we go to their website and I show you that the things they're talking about on their website are months out of date and there's they're not doing you know things that are visibly beneficial for the industry so if they can't pivot to that sort of thing I don't see the ESA lasting much longer than a year after this so Phil of nine in chat says but what is the state of gaming cons anyways would you all say I you know it's funny I actually so this isn't a con though it's a trade show that's it that's it e3 wasn't really a gaming con people thought it was a gaming con it was the trade show exactly and i i think the trade show calendar kind of just stays disrupted i think you have game developer conference and i think uh people just tend to go uh you know the actual developers and the networking part of it i think gdc kind of picks up the slack of that and then gamescom picks up 
the rest yeah, and, of E3 and there's stuff. always there's and already summer, Game summer games fest was yeah. kind of replaced it anyways and people are already doing their own events around that time so it's like summer game fest they've was, already replaced it like several years ago summer game fest still feels a little bit like checks mix where it feels like yeah it all comes together to do this thing but it's still like you know it's a pretzel and a piece of checks like it doesn't it doesn't really feel like it has that cohesiveness yeah. yet but i feel like now it might start to glue together a little more because i think they're going to yeah you know and bobby points out there are industry trade shows around the world just not in the u.s anymore and i do think maybe summer game fest will start to pick that up for the u.s but i think game developer conference kind of picks up a little bit more of the the actual people who make the games kind of talking to each other sort of thing in networking the publishers maybe will start to leech on to summer game fest but i, I think i think gamescom kind of picks up more of that honestly but we'll see. I mean, there's still a lot that can happen. So, and one big thing is that I don't even think that um, maybe like high executives at you know at resellers or you know at stores should have you know been permitted in. But I don't think that anyone under a corporate level should have been permitted to attend. Honestly, I mean, and I'm saying this is even us who went. We probably shouldn't have gone. I'm yeah. not regretting having gone, yeah. but we probably shouldn't have gone. We were pro- we were not the intended audience, really. You know, yeah, we I were mean, going. I was in the intended that- audience when I was going, you know, through my work. So I don't know. I think I don't but, agree with that. But the, well, but you you personally knew how to you know judge what you were seeing, you know, and and I think there were a lot of people at that level who didn't. I think maybe what they could have done was that if they were going to allow these corporate folks to go, there should have been some type of agreement and or training that basically like, hey, if you're going as a representative of this company, these XYZ things are okay to do and post on the internet. These XYZ things are not okay to do and post on the internet. And as far as I know, there was not any type of, you know, it was just open season. The people who were intended to go, probably didn't need training no right right but there should i mean but there still should have been something documented to that purpose because obviously we wouldn't be in this situation if it didn't honestly do you think do you think that guy going oh i get to go to e3 yay is really going to stop to care about protocol if there's accountability yes but i i still don't see it Fine. So, uh, Bobby in chat's pointing out GDC was for the technical side. E3 was for the publishing and marketing side. GDC doesn't want the marketers. I, I, I don't know it. I, I, it. E3, yes, was mostly the publishing and marketing. But when you talk about like, think about how devs would still do a lot of like the post parties and hanging out and networking on that side of thing. Like E3 was really was really about networking. Is what E3 is like really really about at the end of the day, right? I think that side of it kind of goes a little more to gdc is kind of what i meant with those comments but yes i think the publishers and that all goes to gamescom but the reality is that whole side of it has taken a huge hit as well with just the simple fact that the retail presence of games on store shelves is not what it used to be that whole side is already taking a hit perhaps less lessening the need for something like that on that front so anyway um so there you go some an official update on something i think most of us kind of knew was happening anyway 
But I guess I guess it's nice that it's out there so we can all agree that, yes, E3 is now dead and we can all move on and uh, see what and, and now get answers to some of these questions about, like, what's next? Is Jeff Keighley and Summer Games Fest going to make a move to try to make the presence of Summer Game Fest a bigger show, a bigger, you know, presence that happens across multiple days and so forth? But who knows? Who knows? All right. Let's move on for now, though, and talk about what we have been doing this week, uh, eulogizing or otherwise. Let's go to Dark Sakura and ask, how was your gaming week? I did nothing. I maybe played a little bit of Dreamlight Valley, but I I didn't have the energy or inclination to stream. I maybe logged into Dead by Daylight a couple of times just to get my, my bonuses, but I I didn't do anything. I, I was so frazzled. So... Now that that's over, I'm going to get back into my usual stuff. Um, but yeah, I didn't do anything. Are you streaming tonight or waiting for tomorrow? Yeah, I am. Okay, okay. Because I haven't done anything for the event mm. other than just log in and get uh, po- get points. Mm. So I need to hop on that and get those uh, the tomes done. I Not the tome, but the, uh, the challenges. I feel really out of loop. I haven't played DVD since... I haven't played at all since Chucky came out, and I think maybe well, I played a couple things when Xenomorph was new, and that's about it. Well, just kind of been distracted. Come play and throw snowballs with us. Uh, I don't know about tonight, but maybe because I just need to. Well, rest, tonight's but... killer night for me anyway. Yeah, maybe during the week we'll yeah. see. All right. Uh, anyhow, let's move on to Techmaster Loki oh. and see. Oh, well, sorry. there is one thing. Oh, sure. Um, if anyone is interested in watching some DVD, Vixie and I are going to be playing together all day on the twenty seventh. What day of the week is that? Is it Wednesday? That is Wednesday. Okay. Nice. I believe. I'll double check. Yeah, Christmas is Monday, so it's Wednesday. Yeah, it's Wednesday. Nice. All right. Uh, let's go to Techmaster Loki. <clears throat> um, I didn't play a whole ton other than um, just Minecraft for the most part and building farms, like I said, underneath my base. So that'll be probably part of whenever I film another episode of Channel 64, which hopefully will be soon. I, I keep putting it off just because I wanted to get more of the theme park stuff done, but the theme park stuff, like, like starting with the rides, uh, is a little bit involved because it requires for the details I want to put in there. It's going to require some modeling of, uh, custom objects and stuff to build some animatronics and to, um, build the actual game that's in the first ride. I kind of th- think maybe I will start with something that's not as involved, but uh, no, that's just not the way I operate. Um, so I may kind of showcase part of what I've been working on, like in this new episode, but just cover basically all the farms I built underneath my base, which because that's probably enough to fill an episode anyways. It's pretty extensive. And then... Um, Outside of that, I've been playing a little bit more of the Playdate still, so I played a bit of Kranken's Time Travel Adventure, which is the story of this robot who, I guess, is always late for his dates because he's asleep, and so you have to use the crank to kind of uh, move him forward and backwards in time, and you, based off of his movements and stuff, you have to dodge just pretty harmless things but if you hit any of them then you lose and you never seem to get to your girlfriend on time either so you have to still be quick so you're not too late but 
um you're always going to be late because you wake up at the time that he's supposed to be there which is kind of weird and it gets incredibly hard so i i've been trying that i i saw a little bit of uh boogie boogie loops was the other game that unlocked this week as well um that one's more just like a tracker so i didn't really play with it too much because it's just making music but it's neat i mean I don't know. I'm debating whether I want to unlock all of the games because they've got a total of 24. That I just have to, you know, go down here and you know unlock them all early if I want to. Otherwise, I get two a week. Uh, we'll see. I may end up doing that. Um, oh, uh, there was one other one actually. I'm trying to think now what it was called. <clears throat> it was very much like a pole position in the sense that it's like a pseudo 3D. Um, pseudo 3d racing game so it's called p racing and i'm not sure i, I guess p is uh polygonal because it they kind of look like um it's got that like hard driving type oh, okay. look to it stunt racer but, or stunt driving yeah you know. yeah it's it, but it's it's more along the lines of like um it looks like pole position but it's not necessarily like that type of racing game. Sure, you can race on tracks, but there's also more of like an open world type thing with like traffic and stuff. So they have like missions you can do and um, just the actual racing as well. But it looks really good. It's it's a really good looking game. Um, so I I'm, I'm, need to check that out. I still can't find... Someone had said that there's a game that's like uh, Scorched Earth on this, and I have not found that. Oh, I have been looking for it because... I love me some scorched earth, oh, but yeah. um yeah, no mini golf games. So I, I may have to make one of those and and certainly not anything that uses the crank to putt the ball like I was thinking. So okay. uh, that might end up working out. And looking at the, the catalog of games that they have, it's only four pages long, so you don't have a whole lot of games on this platform. Interesting. So it might be worth it. We'll All see. Right. I don't know. Be curious to see if you decide to go anywhere with that or not. Yeah. Um, okay, well, my gaming week. So I've played a little bit. Um, I've been playing World of Warcraft Classic, specifically the Season of Discovery, because, you know, I talked about, I think, in a prior week on the show, they've kind of done some different things with the early levels of the game to really change up the characters. And now, you know, uh, shamans can tank, warlocks can tank, mages can heal. It's, it's some interesting things. I've been playing a druid. I got my druid to level 25, which is the cap in the current game. Uh, so Miss Moo, my druid, is uh, 25, and so I rolled my first alt, so I have a new undead rogue named uh, Senate Twink, uh, who I got up to level <laughs> uh, 5, I think, something like that. And of course, of course, somebody, somebody in general chat, because you know, you know, Warcraft players in chat, and yeah, it, chat. it's, it's all there. It's all, none of, the, none of that has changed since, since back in the day. And somebody was like, Somebody was like, hey, Senate Twink, where were you a few days ago? And I replied, same place you were on January 6th. <laughs> anyway. Those jokes I was jokes just aside, thinking, Rob, I kind of miss my Tarin. War, Warcraft Classic is kind of fun, except I don't know if you would want to subscribe because you have to have an actor. You know, I don't like Classic Warcraft. I liked Cataclysm Plus. Well, but, uh, Cataclysm. But, but, but her name? Uh-huh. Do you remember her? Cowgirl, K-A-U-G-U-R-L. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I will say that Cataclysm Classic is – so it's literally just Warcraft Cataclysm should be out. Uh, I want to say it's first or second quarter next year. So that, that might be a hard one to, to resist. So and that, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm actually thinking about getting back into normal WoW. No, um, yeah. So so I can uh, play my Demon Hunter again because I found lots of things to boundary break. Mm. 
Because you know that was always my thing mm-hmm. in WoW mm-hmm. was to go into the old raids and then bust out of the old raids and go exploring. Yeah, Dragonflight's a pretty good expansion. I just it's it's hard for me to play modern WoW. I just feel overwhelmed now. There's just so much. I don't know. It's weird, but I I did enjoy Dragonflight uh, playing through it. It is much better expansion than some of the other recent ones. So I've been interested in some of the characters they bring back for that. So mm. I mean, you know, basically I stopped playing when when my man was out of the game. Yeah, yeah. When no more Illidan. Um, so other games I've been playing, also Diablo 4, because they started their Christmas event, or, you know, Midwinter Blight, or whatever they call it, is going on in the game, which is basically another farming event, so eh, it's, a, it's a lot of farming, but I was like, and eh, it's a good excuse to keep leveling my season character, because I am pretty close to level 100, I'm, I'm all the way up to level 91 now, so I'm like, eh, I probably will go ahead and hit max level, just to say I did it. Like, and then hooray. But uh, yeah, so I'm I'm hoping they do another increased XP event uh, around the holidays too, because that's what they did during Thanksgiving. And that was uh, really good. So Phila9 says, no one has started playing Lego Fortnite. I'm kind of obsessed. Well, I've still been playing Fortnite Festival. Uh, little bits here and there. I don't think Fortnite Festival is something I can play for hours and hours. <coughs> I did do a stream of it on Thursday And what I did to make sure that I didn't get a copyright strike is I did the same thing I do with Spotify uh, is that I turned off the recording of my game audio to the archive. So unfortunately, if you go watch the archive, you're just going to hear me clacking keys to nothing, which is actually maybe kind of funny in its own way because not have a streamer mode, the audio, uh, it might, but at the same time, like Fortnite festival specifically is like all about the licensed music. Like there are Epic game originals, but maybe like four songs. So yeah. uh, it, it, you don't get through it. You know, it's, it's not enough to substantiate an entire stream, but I had fun streaming it. Uh, and then on that same stream, I actually played more Lego Fortnite uh, because I, I do think Lego Fortnite's really well done. Uh, it's definitely more like a survival don't starve kind of game, maybe than it is specifically Minecraft, I think. But I definitely see where it, it overlaps a little bit. It's fun. I, you know, and the fact that it's free, um, I'm not going to give it money. It's free. It's free is, is pretty neat. I enjoy the fact that Fortnite is much more than Battle Royale now. Like, it's neat seeing these other things they can do with it. Because I always thought it was interesting when they started doing these music videos and stuff in it, which was kind of the first sign of that. So, um I'm curious to see what else they do with it. I haven't played the racing game myself yet, but I watched some streamer friends play it and it looked fun. Like it looked like a pretty well, you know, it didn't look any worse than Disney Speedstorm, quite honestly. So, you know, for a, a free game, uh, it looked fun. So yeah, I'm I'm into the the extra Fortnite stuff right now. So yeah, Bobby Blackwolf in chat says, I will probably be downloading Fortnite before the end of the year, frown. Think of it this way, Bobby, and most people out there that are, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and say Fortnite is without its problems because the CEO of Epic Games, as much as I think he's made great contributions to the gaming industry, he he's known to be kind of a twit on social media. But thankfully, it's a social media platform I don't keep tabs on anymore. So it's what it, well, I keep tabs on it, but I don't like actively read it anymore. So whatever. But my point is, is that when it comes to Fortnite, if you can separate in your brain Battle Royale, which is what everybody calls Fortnite, but it's really now a game mode called Battle Royale or Battle Royale Zero Build. If you can distinguish that from Fortnite Festival, like, you know, think of Fortnite as the platform and think of Battle Royale 
as the game now, or festival as the game, or jam stage as the game, uh, and any of that stuff. That kind of helps you get over that mental block of like, I don't want to play a shooter. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Blackwell says- Here, I was fucking everyone called it fork knife. Fork knife. Yeah, there's there's <laughs> lots of nicknames for it. Uh, Bobby Blackwell says, does Save the World still exist? Yes, but not for free. So it's, because it, that's the- that's the mode that originally Fortnite was supposed to be <laughs> before Battle Royale just kind of took over the industry. So, yes, yeah, Save the World is still in there, but you have to pay for it. So, I, you know, are you going to pay for it? No. Anyway, um, I've also still been playing a little bit of Overwatch 2 because I have a friend that really loves playing it and likes to invite me to play. And so I've been working on my game a little bit. I, I really like playing Life Weaver gotten a lot better with him so he's like one of my favorite support characters right now i do not like kiriko i do not like playing as her and i do not like playing as brigitte i know she's really powerful and op i don't like playing as her either either i think my favorite support right now is life weaver i've gotten a lot better with anna uh batiste i i, I play the life weaver or batiste batiste is phenomenal i especially on some apps i love being able to jump and do like his little heel bombs it's a lot of fun so um yeah, that, I've been playing some Overwatch 2, mostly support, but a little DPS as well. I can't resist picking Widowmaker and trying to live my best sniper life. I'm that guy. I'll admit it. So, Mike Def says, a good Anna can turn the tides of any match. Oh, yeah, my my buddy is really good at Grandma. We all call her Grandma. Uh, he's really good at Grandma. He can get, like, 10,000 heals in a match. Easy with Grandma. And I'm like, I'm always really impressed, so... Because I, I can't get that high. I can, I've done pretty good. I got like 7,000 with Batiste in a match not long ago. Um, but, you know, he also has the immortality field, which is more damage mitigation. So, but yeah, a lot of fun. Anyway, um, let's get into some news and uh, less about the games. Because, yeah, I've, I've been a little bit all over the map. But I'm hoping to catch up on a few things in my backlog this week. But we'll see. Um, meanwhile, let's get into some headlines. Phil of nine says, Rob, you don't heal 500 K. I don't think that's, I don't think overwatch league players heal 500 K in a season. Maybe but I don't, I don't. Yeah. In a match. I don't think you could possibly do that much. I'd be surprised. Maybe you can, but I'd be surprised. All right. Let's talk about some headlines. Uh, let's start off with this headline that, that they tried to sneak out at a time when we wouldn't be looking right. Logie? Right. Evening. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So, uh, Activision Blizzard put out a statement basically saying that they've settled with um, the folks that are bringing up the um, their gender discrimination and harassment lawsuit. Uh, they're going to be paying roughly $54 million to settle that. And that was from uh, 2021. Um, yeah, so basically... Yeah, They've reached an agreement with the California Civil Rights Department, and uh, that's the statement that they put out. Unfortunately, you know, we're, it sucks that this doesn't necessarily get and go to trial to get all this stuff kind of out in the open. And kind of figured this, this was the way it was going to go, since you know they're not going to want to drag this out into a legal battle because it's going to expose all of the wrongdoings that they've done. But um, at least. I guess the victims are getting some compensation from it, but I think they should have had to have this all come to light because then at the very least start cleaning up here and then set an example for other well, it game companies. Out, that money should have come out of Bobby Kotick's golden parachute, but it won't. Yeah, nope. 
Yeah, and thank you, SSJ100 Matt, with the countdown in chat, reminding us 15 days left of Kotick in this industry. and then, then Oh, that- and then, of course, uh, part of this as well is they're still re- denying the charges. And, you know, <laughs> I don't think – I think the settlement doesn't require them to admit fault, if I remember correctly directly with some usually that's the case with these i i'm sure everyone is aware I, i'm sure everyone is aware that is 100 percent legal speak because you don't pay 54 million dollars for something you didn't do or you you don't know that there isn't something you know there to get they, they, they're avoiding a court of law for exactly what loki is pointing out is that if it went to court it would all come out in the public eye and this $54 million is to stop that from happening. So you don't have that happening and on the same token say, but nothing happened. We all know that's bullshit. And the only the, – that's all legal speak. That is only to cover themselves legally. We all know it's bullshit completely. So I mean I'm, I'm glad the company's being held accountable what I'm not glad about is not understanding where this money's coming from because I feel like this is why then Activision turns around and is the first company to charge $70 for games. And is Microsoft now ultimately responsible to pay this money? I mean, I guess they know they bought damaged goods, so whatever. But do I, as the gamer, ultimately have to pay out this $54 million? This should be, I mean, com- this yeah. should be coming out of the board, Bobby Kotick, the people that are separating for this Microsoft merger should be coming out of their parachutes, 100%. Yeah, and I mean, you have to also look at, too, you know, with the price of games being what they are now. It's like, yeah, they're charging more for games, but are these games coming out more polished than they were before? No, I would say for a lot of times, we hear about, like, games coming out with roadmaps on how they're going to fix their game. Like, we should never have to see that. That should just be, it should just be working when it comes out. Not oh hey it's a it's a shell of what it's supposed to be and it's an absolute mess and oh hey now our company has gone out of business that was something too that was uh, you know earlier this week as well it's just like you you watch how these companies just mismanage this stuff <laughs> and knowingly do that because I mean obviously when they put a game out and they know the state it's in they're it's a gamble they're like well we'll just put it out so that we can hit our numbers but. Um, you know, the backlash won't be enough to like really hurt us. So we'll just just do that. They have the analytics to prove that like even though they put out trash, that people don't do anything about it. So they can keep putting out trash and keep treating people the way they are. You know what I want for Christmas? And you can pick whatever holiday you want. I'll pick Christmas. You know what I want more than anything is I want Bill Spencer to fire Bobby Kotick with cause on December 30th and using this as the cause and completely uh, null and voiding his, his uh, golden parachute. That's what I want more than anything for this holiday season. I don't have to get, I don't need another arcade machine. I don't need a tech toy. I don't need a trip. I need Phil Spencer to fire Bobby Kotick with cause on December 30th, completely robbing him of his golden parachute. That's what I want. It won't happen. I know it won't. I know it won't, but that's because, you know what? There's a lot about Christmas we're told that's a lie, and this is another one. But I can still want. I can want. It doesn't mean I'm going to get. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. You can want. It's just. Questbuster does want to point out this $54 million is in addition to an $18 million settlement with the U.S. Equal Employment and $35 million with the SEC earlier this year. Again, where is that money going to come from? 
And that's why I think Phil Spencer should do this with cause is that Bobby's leadership was a liability and a financial liability on the asset that Microsoft has purchased. Coming from the taxpayers because remember Activision didn't pay any taxes. Uh, uh, Rage. No wonder, no wonder they're putting out more horror movies at Christmas. No wonder. And people wonder why women are so tired. I'm tired. Every, I'm tired, too. This is, uh, anyway. All right. Let's move on and talk about, uh, hey, some uh, from several holiday seasons ago, you probably have accumulated a collection of plastic guitars and drum sets that are sitting in your spare bedroom or basement or garage that are collecting dust. Or maybe you're using them actively. I don't know. Uh, but <clears throat> for Fortnite Festival, it looks like some controller support will be coming, uh, perhaps a little sooner than you might think. Uh, PDP is a manufacturer of officially licensed uh, controllers, and they had put a post up on social media that says, rock on this January. And there are emojis of a tent and a moon, which sounds like maybe Fortnite festival. Who knows? Uh, Epic had mm -hmm. previously stated that instrument controller support was being worked on as a priority. Um, now, uh, it sounds like this will be a new accessory, but, uh, if they can get the new accessory to work, certainly the old accessories are probably going to work as well. And that was a part of the original reporting about Fortnite festival was that, uh, adding this instrument support was a priority, uh, assuming they hook up through USB, I guess, because the Xbox instruments all hooked up through USB. I don't know how the PlayStation or other platform instruments are going to work, but maybe there'll be a, a adapter or something like that. Who knows? So, um, and yeah, I'm enjoying Fortnite Festival, but I want to be clear. I enjoy it in small doses, little bits at a time. I play like three songs and I'm like, okay, I had my fill for the day for a couple of reasons. One, there's only so many songs that are available for free for a particular day. And two, I'm not going to pay 500 V-Bucks for a song. The price of a song to add to your collection permanently is way too high. And they're doing it because you get the song not just in festival, but you get it on the jam stage as well. I do think it's interesting where Fortnite is bringing us to this system where you buy unlocks that work in multiple things. I do think that's interesting. But this whole like 500 V-Bucks for even for Lady Gaga, it ain't it. It's just not worth it. So I, they're going to have to fix that pricing system if they really want to make money off this. But I don't know. Maybe there's well, they have the like not already fixed. There's probably well, there's probably whales out there. They're already buying right. it anyway. Yeah, they were already having to reduce the price of like some of the vehicles that they were selling because I think they were like five thousand V bucks or something like that for a car, and uh, they dropped 4, it down to like bucks for a, a for a, a, yeah the car racing thing. Yeah, yeah, they dropped it down uh, quite a. Uh, a little bit as well because people were kind of like what the hell you know i'm not buying it for that kind of money right uh and bobby does point out in chat fortnite is doing it without nfts of the blockchain 100 100 so i do appreciate how is that possible i thought it was integral to the entire web 3.0 i know so I, I you know if i may have a short list of reasons to appreciate fortnite but this is on that short list is that they they have essentially rendered the argument for nfts pretty useless uh are you seeing they've been useless this entire time <laughs> this is shocking news shocking all right anyhow uh let's go to dark soccer with another big update from this week 
So um, Naughty Dog has canceled a game. It is the multiplayer version of The Last of Us. So um, the project that they were calling The Last of Us Online has uh, ceased development. Um, and they uh, are... They they put up this whole like discussion on how they, they came to it. Um, especially given that they've had to reduce staff, as they say they had to. Um, and, uh, they, they really wanted to, you know, make sure that it was a game that could keep people engaged for a long amount of time. And the reassessment that they went through said that it wasn't worth it. So that's on them. Well, they're going to turn all that, all the remaining of the investment and staff into other projects. Which is probably the last of us three, but we'll see, I guess. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, it was almost the last of us. Yes. Um, yeah, I know there were people that were kind of looking forward to what this could be, but there were also other people that were like, mm, if they're just moving this to a games as a service type of thing, maybe maybe we're better off without this in the world. So I, I sort of feel like there's people that kind of fall in either camp. Um, mm-hmm. And Questbuster in chat, I think with a very kind of respectful uh, position here saying, on this one, I respect Naughty Dog's decision. Supporting a live service game is no small task, and admitting that it would affect what they are good at was interesting. Yeah, it's, that is pretty transparent. You don't see that type of talk from a developer very often in this industry, so I'll give it that. Um, SG100 Matt says, I'm sure Elements and Ideas will make its way onto a future game. Well, they did sort of say that in their their message there. And uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see ultimately what comes of that. Um, uh, Questbuster does point out Sony's been pushing back on live service games. They wanted to release 12 by 2026. Now they're only aiming for six. You know, live service games are also, they're like MMOs in a way. You only have time for so many of them in your rotation. Like, and that was the hard lesson many people learned about MMOs is that when people invested all this time into something like World of Warcraft, it was going to take a lot for people to jump ship and play something else. And most, the, the time that World of Warcraft was most vulnerable, do you know who did the damage to World of Warcraft? World of Warcraft did the damage to itself with some expansions that were pretty subpar. All the stuff that came out about Activision turned a lot of people off of Blizzard and so forth. That, that, and rightly so. And that's, and that's what did that MMO in and ultimately it led to a ton of people leaving for Final Fantasy 14 among other MMOs Guild Wars 2 and all the all the stuff that's out there not to say those games didn't have people before then but that was the biggest you know boon for everything else so I don't see how there's going to be room on the plate for everybody to do these games as a service game Questbuster in chat says I still wish Marvel's Avengers was more like a new X-Men Legends single player game there's an excellent example of a games as a service game people didn't have time for. It was not up to a certain level of par. People didn't have time for that. And so now you see where it ended up. So I just, yeah. As Joe 100 Matt, though, does point out, you know, as far as like the project getting canceled and turning into something else, talks about, you know, if you want to go back to Blizzard when they were trying to make the next big MMO, which was Titan. Titan basically turned into Overwatch. You know, the pieces of Titan that they kept was what they made Overwatch out of. Essentially, it's a, making a long story very short. But yes, so you know, maybe they maybe they make a completely new type of game, a standalone type of game from whatever they were doing The Last of Us Online that then doesn't bear the pressure of The Last of Us name to be a certain thing. Who knows? 
anyway, moving on. Because so, sometimes games with live services, they end, right, Loki? Yep, and sometimes they end pretty suddenly. That's the case with Ubisoft's The Crew, which came out in 2014. And now it's just been delisted without any sort of warning. They say that services or servers will shut off next year. And that's because, uh, one, it had to do with, uh, they quote, like, licensing and um, I think the fact that it's also an almost 10-year-old game. Um, it says, we understand this may be disappointing for our players still enjoying the game, but it has become necessar- a, necess- a necessity due to the upcoming server infrastructure and licensing cons- constraints. Um I can't imagine it would take much for them to keep the servers up, but also at the same time, like why is there not a single player version for this game? Um, Funny enough, there actually is a single player component for the game that people have found while digging through the code of the game. It's just, they don't have it activated or it was never finished, but apparently it is a thing um and that is kind of unfortunate that's also one of those things that you have to look at with a live service game that requires you to be connected to a server is that one their licensing agreement just stops for whatever reason this game um is essentially useless you cannot play it without those servers being up so maybe think about that before buying into a live service game there's also, if I'm not mistaken, there's a Crew 2 and a Crew 3, right? So that's... Yeah, they have the Crew 2 and the Crew Motorfest. So they probably um, figure a lot of their fans are on the newer games. Although... Pe- I understand that, don't but that al- would... I mean, look at EverQuest. People don't always go to EverQuest 2 just because it's a thing. I mean, I just... Right. What, to be clear, there is a Crew 2 and a Crew 3. Right, but, like, it shouldn't be that these games are essentially useless like their if their yeah, argument is well just yeah. just just buy the new one but why you just showed me that you're going to shut this off at any given moment why should i trust you with more money you know for this game like i i don't see why you would want to do that for me it'd be like you know just get forza motorsports instead or something like that at least that game's playable offline um i don't know i wouldn't give ubisoft more money Certainly, that's not an excuse. Well, you know, you should just, you know, it sucks that we took your game away from you. So, you know how you can reward <laughs> reward us for that is by buying our other the, the next game, the newer one. Because, you know, we're not going to turn that off right away. Well, it'll be a while. And then you'll buy another one of those. It's like, that's, that's awfully nice. It, that sounds so much like Konami going, hey, you know, you're banned from these tournaments, but uh, pl- please still spend money with our products. You know, it's just silly. No, I, I think you, you make another good case for why games as a service are very dangerous is that people invest this stuff into this. And then, you know, here we are 10 years later, but they yank the servers. And now it's like, whatever you invested into that is, is coming down. There's no way to kind of right. save that and have that offline. Very, very, well, very few games do that. I remember and, like fantasy star online blue burst kind of embraced that mm-hmm. and set a model for what it ought to be. But unfortunately it very rarely ever is. And, and, and surely like they do market this game sort of as a MMO style game. So there's that component of that. However, they also market it as a single player game. So typically when you think of a single player game, you don't think of online only single player game. So that that's where I think that the advertisement 
of this game is a little confusing on purpose, you know, so that people buy into it and then they don't realize, oh, this is basically like an MMO. So when it's done, it's done. Funny, because if this was 10 years ago, this would have been about the same time Diablo 3 came out and got a lot of shit for that same thing where it was always online. And they ended up having, so when the, the console releases for that came out, you may remember it pulled the always online component to do the console releases. Right. And that's what they should have. Yeah. That's what they should have been working on with this. And I get it like, Oh, that will cost you some money and you may not necessarily recoup that money that you put into it. But like being that they obviously knew when their licensing period was like, they should have in the, the to help promote game preservation. They should have at least, fleshed out their offline mode that they clearly have built into the game. Like there are screenshots showing people uh, manipulated the game to re add that back in there where you can see press X to play offline. Um, So if that component was built in there or it needed to be built in there, I think that they should have patched that. Say, Hey, servers are going down, but you know what? You can enjoy this offline now. Um, but they're not doing that because why, why should they put money into something when they can try to get you to buy the newer product instead? And it's unfortunate that they just don't care about you as a customer. They're just like, well, we'd prefer you just bought our newer game instead. Purchase more things with us. All right. Well, let's move on and talk about some interesting stuff that happened on twitch.television this week, which is the site where we do our shows. Um, so this is interesting. Uh, there was a policy update that happened uh, a few days ago uh, about the sexual content policy. And there's a whole blog post that came with it talking about, oh, we get feedback from streamers. Their current policies around sexual content are confusing. It can be difficult to know. Da, da, da. Um, and they said, we believe that accurate content labeling is key to helping viewers get the experience they expect. And now that we can enable appropriate labeling of sexual content using CCLs, we believe that some of the restrictions in our former policies are no longer required. So the updated policies meant that previous, some previously prohibited content was now allowed if the correct CCL content classification levels are used. This would include content that deliberately highlighted breasts, buttocks, or pelvic region, even when fully clothed, fictionalized nudity, body writing, and erotic dances involving disrobing or disrobing gestures. Uh, Popular dancers like dances like twerking, grinding, and pole dancing were now allowed without a content label. Well, guess what happened? Uh, I know what happened. They fucked it up for everyone. People acted foolish, and foolishness uh, yanked this right away in a day. One whole day, Twitch uh, said they were reverting it. We're making some additional updates to our sexual content policy. We realized that our earlier update uh, caused confusion and appreciate all the feedback we've received. Thanks for always coming together with us to build the best version of Twitch. And, uh, yeah, upon reflection, we decided we went too far with this change. The platform has admitted there's been difficulty with digital depictions of nudity because of AI. So, effective today, we are rolling back the artistic nudity changes and moving forward, depictions of real or fictional nudity won't be allowed on Twitch regardless of the medium. I mean, guys can go without their shirt. Um, no, not on Twitch, they can't. No, they can. Yeah, they can now. That yeah, that can. policy changed a long time ago. And trust me, there's streamers out there where it's like 
half the stream is the shirtless guy and then like behind them is whatever game they're playing. Uh, and there's there's some women that still play like, yeah, they're wearing a top, but it's very it's cut in a very strategic place that are doing the exact same thing. So, but they still can't remove it no, and be they, topless. No, they can't remove it and be topless. So, so again. Yeah. It's it's a big double standard and especially just goes to show how, you know, uh, anally clenched our society is about nudity where we can have violence all day and all night and no one gives a shit. Because mm -hmm. Morica. Well, and always also remember at the end of the day, people are going to watch, like the things that are popular are because you watched it. You know, you meaning the collective audience of the internet are watching these these types of things. So it's, you know, if you aren't a fan of these streamers that are really the focus is on themselves and not the game that they're playing. That's really what it comes down to is the focus on themselves, not the game that they're playing. Don't watch them. It's well, it's riding the line and it really, I mean, I agree about the whole violence thing, too. Like that should be if it's incredibly violent gameplay or footage that you're seeing that should also be kind of gated off separately as well the the main problem originally was that this stuff was being promoted on the front page like these streams so like you you hop in like you don't even have to be signed in to twitch and it's just like it's softcore pornography basically right you know the, on the front page and and i get it the double standard that's in there but you also have to understand they don't really care what the users think. That's not at all. You know what happened with this? It's because the credit card processors probably came up down on them or the ad providers came down on them after this just went free for all for like less than 24 hours. They saw what it looked like. And it's still pretty much like that. Like the certain metas that are out there are still there. And, you know, clearly it, it is for a specific reason they're trying to skirt that line to you know do that and that's fine if they want to make that type of content a thing that they have on their site it should be separated off from the rest of the content like it shouldn't be considered just chatting or gaming it's certainly not gaming at that point but like it should be separated off so you can have your own channel where that type of content exists and then age gated if you will um <clears throat> Because I don't think it should be available for... I mean, this platform is supposed to be 13 and up. So clearly there's a five-year gap there where that is probably not appropriate. And that could also go in the violence. That could also go in language. There's lots of things I think that should be um, regulated with that. But, I, but think, I think that's the problem is where are they going to draw the line fairly? Because I think when this was put into place, then it was causing people that, you know, were playing mature rated games or whatever to, you know, fall off the front page and that type of stuff yeah. where they kind of felt like that wasn't fair because maybe the game isn't rated appropriately or whatever. Like where do right. they draw the line? You, you're asking, then Twitch becomes the morality police. And what do we do? Well, you know? it, yeah, certainly. And, and you know, you're always going to have people that are going to try to skirt the rules to push, you know, whatever they want. They have a problem with content moderation. And unfortunately that takes people to do that or, algorithms i guess but um it's just yeah it's gonna be a problem um and even when they you know have these rules in place like assuming that they kept them like people that are streaming that maybe just 
large chested, not necessarily trying to like accentuate that as part of like their persona online. They're not trying to use that to like, it's just, that's just who they are. are, And they're just wearing comfortable clothing. You know, there's a difference between, you know, someone wearing comfortable clothing and just gaming and just hamming it up with their audience and somebody that is cutting their camera just be- so it looks that they're like they're topless whether they are or not you know just to skirt by the rules because it says well you can't show show any of this so we're just gonna cut that part just gonna be right below the camera you know and then <clears throat> it, it that it, it's just at that point it's like what is this like you know what your like target demographic is here you're obviously trying to you know bait with sexual content um to try to get people to donate for different things and that that doesn't belong in the site in my opinion it belongs on another type of site that that caters to you know there there is a live there is a live streaming site that full-on allows nudity uh exactly because i've seen it linked to on blue sky i i think I think it was called joystick. I could be wrong. Um, but somebody, somebody was advertising. So this is how I found out is I was on a random feed. I was on like the gamer feed or somebody. And somebody was like, Hey, I'm going live and I'm playing such and such a game on my feed right now. Check it out. And they linked to it. And I thought, I think the site was called joystick. And I was like, I've never heard of this site. Is there a new like streamer? And I went to their, I went to the stream and they were playing the game. All right. And not wearing any clothes. (laughs) And I was like, Oh, it's that kind of site. I, I honestly, I was like, I'm surprised I hadn't of, heard of it before. But on top of that, too, I mean, we're also dealing with societal conditioning. You know, if if it hadn't been that, you know, certain reproductive elements of human anatomy were considered also to be naughty, then you know, people wouldn't have a stick up their ass about it. Yeah. But so that's society. Anyway. Uh, all right. So I, th- th- yeah, I'm not jealous of Twitch. These are very difficult waters to navigate. And if you be- give people an inch, they're going to take a mile. Um, and essentially, they're having to play the morality police it, a little bit. Yeah, it wouldn't be a problem if they, um, well, one, um, they enforce the rules evenly is the main problem because you have you have folks that have straight up filmed pornographic content live on Twitch. And got a, a a temporary suspension on their channel, right. and they just came right back. But it's then, like, but somebody who might just um, tangentially have their OF as a link on the sidebar because that is also something they get into. They should not be penalized for that. You know, no, I, I understand I don't think so. you can't make that the focus of your stream. But if that is just, hey, here's one other place you can find me and give me money if you like. If that is where somebody chooses to monetize, that should not be penalized, and somebody should not be withheld from the p- front page because they they tangentially have another side business. Well, at least now they're you know not so sticky on uh, cross streaming, but for a while though, I think that had a little bit more to do with. Uh, um, competition mm-hmm. with advertising a competition. Oh yeah, and a little bit less than the nature of Blink. Mm-hmm. And plus, so many people were doing it anyway, and it's a hard thing to play, yeah. especially on the affiliate level. There were so many people that were just doing it anyway. You can't you can get away with it a lot with TikTok because Tick- the, their biggest competitor, really, that they were worried about was YouTube. Mm-hmm. If we all run at Area Fifty Two at once, they can't get us all. <laughs> <It's> that mindset. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
All right. <laughs> Remember when that was a thing? All right. Anyway, let's move on. Something a little more lighthearted, please. Uh, Dark Sagra. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, Sega. Um, they have uh, uh, trademarked a number of classic uh, franchises. I mean, their own classic fr- franchises. But they have trademarks um, uh, as of December 6th for Altered Beast, Eternal Champions, Jet Set Radio, and Kid Chameleon. So, I mean, we knew that they were doing a Jet Set Radio with Crazy Taxi and Golden Axe and Streets of Rage and Shinobi. But now we have a couple more. So, who knows what's going to happen? Or maybe they're just kind of bookmarking it for future use if these other games do well they have places to grow into you know could be could be that kind of thing yeah i still think it's interesting i want to see a new altered beast wise from milk wave anyway i want i want a game in that universe you play as like some minion Tigerclaw chat says a new Alter Beast would be nice. I wonder how they would approach it if it plays like the original, but in 3D. Why? It could still be in 2D. There's a lot. Of, like, look at, I, I know you love your Ninja Turtles, Tigerclaw. So why not like a Shredder's Revenge? Altered Beast could come back like that. Like the, just take what was great about the, you know, when everybody loved the Ninja Turtles game, like the arcade game, right? Make a game that really like kind of celebrates that and focuses on that. But or, just kicks it up to, you know, the current year. That would be awesome. I'd love an Altered Beast in that kind of Do you remember the Sega Ages 2500 series? I have a yes, couple of those games. Yeah. The, Dude, that's what I would like to see something yeah. like, where it's just zhuzhed up a bit. Yeah, just zhuzhed. And I think the Sega collection on 3DS, was that the same collection? Because those games were so good. I don't remember. I think so. Yeah, they did like some, yeah. They were Sega Ages on 3DS or whatever it was. It was really good. So i just love to see that. I, I mean, you played that version of um, Fantasy Zone I have, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it was really good, and it was just good old Fantasy Zone. That's right. Yeah, sometimes it's fun to just zhuzh up the classics. I, I actually, speaking of 3DS, like, I loved the version of Kid Icarus they did on 3DS, um, and uh, they just, it was very similar to the 8-bit version, but it supported the different screen ratio, and it just, like, all the 3D effects were, were, like, the different layers on um, different, like, Z-axis, basically. Like, you know, like, things in the background were the background, it, and it, it, was, it worked, it was very effective. I loved it. I Who wish... needs parallax scrolling when your backgrounds are rendered, yo? I wish Nintendo did this with their classics so much more. I think all of us do. Like, like it's just, it's almost criminal how much Nintendo abandons their old classic library. But it's a topic for another day, I guess. Anyway, uh, back to the modern stuff. Loki. All right. Uh, well, I guess this was bound to happen sooner or later, but A24 um, has announced that they're going to be doing a Death Stranding movie. Um, I'm not surprised it's them. Yeah, it's Kojima Productions said that the movie won't just be a direct translation of the game. Um, well, there no wouldn't be enough time. The opening is as long as a fucking movie. <laughs> um. Yeah, so uh, I the only way I saw this is that they were selling an A24 Death Stranding shirt on, I think it was on A24's website is actually how I saw 
that this was a thing. Um, yeah, I'm curious to see more about it when it comes out, and hopefully it makes sense because I mean, I didn't understand. A24 the... has a lot of credibility, and rightfully so. Like, they put out some really fucking interesting movies, so just that partnership alone is uh, got a lot of people excited, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, Tiger Claw says, I wonder if they can get the same actors from the game for the movie. Well, if they're trying to make something different, though, a great place to start might be casting different people. Because mm, otherwise, yeah, always, otherwise, people are always going to make that connection to Norman Reedus. I think a good gag would be focus on different people in the movie and then maybe Norman Reedus shows up at the end type of thing. You know, like tie it that way, but maybe put the focus on, you know, I'm sure there's lots of stories to tell within that world. Maybe put the focus somewhere else. I don't know. Just a thought. Just a thought. There's there's a lot of things they could do with it. I'm going to try to trust the process and and hope it turns out okay. Yeah, so, it'll be exciting. So, but if, if Hideo Kojima is actually creatively involved with it, won't they have to split it into like three movies? It'll <laughs> be a TV series where every episode's two hours long yeah. and there's like 24 episodes. Exactly. And... Exactly. All right. Well, um, on a very sad note, especially for this time of year, uh, I'm really sad to continue to report layoff stories. Unfortunately, layoffs are still hitting the industry, even during the holiday season in December. Um, 3D Realms was hit with Embracer layoffs. Uh, 3D Realms, of course, you know, they've made games, uh, they, they go all the way back to like Duke Nukem, right? But a little more recently, the Kinderman Remedy, Kingpin Reloaded, and Ion Fury Aftershock was one uh, that had a bit of traction there. But half the company has been laid off. Three uh, Embracer Group, of course, acquired 3D Realms in 2021, only to lay off half the studio this last week. Uh, this is, of course, uh, the latest in a long trend of Embracer Group doing layoffs after that whole deal with Saudi Arabia and all of that stuff um, fell through. On a similar note, the studio behind Time Splitters, Free Radical Design, also closed their doors uh, this last week. Another hit within the Embracer group um, and, and everything that's going on there. Uh, you might remember, though, in this case, the original iteration of Free Radical fired for, excuse me, filed for bankruptcy in 2008, and it came back as Crytek UK and Dambuster Studios. Uh, and then in 2021, Embracer group came in, rounded up the key staff that was around from the Free Radical days to work on reviving Time Splitters, but none of that matters now. If you actually go to freeradicaldesign.com, co.uk you will get a oh this is so sad i'm gonna actually show this on the other screen i don't know how well this will translate over but you actually get a message that comes up on the website that says 404 company not found frown oh, that's horrible <laughs> that hits me right in the feels that's terrible it is terrible but clever yeah props to the person that did that on their way out like you know i will say that Whoever found the time to do that, like, and like did that on their way out, props to you because that's ow, ow, right in the yeah. fields. Good. All right. Honestly, it's a nice little F you. A little bit. Yeah. I, it's, I don't know if I would say F you or, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess it is F you. It's just, it's also like, hello, hello, depression. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. 
All right, let's let's try to lighten up the mood a little bit with a segment here that always takes a look back at when things maybe were a little more fonder in our industry. And now it's time to travel back to a simpler time where I'll dive into the vault and pull out a classic and tell you about it. It's time for the classic game of the week. All right, Dark Soccer, what did you pick this week? I picked Fire Shark, and I have done its predecessor, uh, which was Flying Shark, that we also got on NES as Sky Shark. Um, but I love Fire Shark. I love both of those games, to be perfect, perfectly honest. I mean, they're you freaking love, Toa Plan. Yeah, I was like, you love Toa Plan. <laughs> let's, let's, let's. I, I like to say Toa Plan. It's just <laughs> fun to say Toa Plan. All right. I need to step away for just a moment um, to hydrate, but I will turn it back over to you. Okay. So at any rate, Fire Shark um, is a vertically uh, scrolling shooter um, that came out. Uh, it was published by Toa Plan in Japan in 1989 and then also by them in Europe and by Romstar in North America. As I said, it's the sequel to Flying Shark, a.k.a. Sky Shark. Um, and uh, it's uh, it's pretty pretty awesome game it's set in 1991 where there is a mysterious uh, armada launching a worldwide attack from the mediterranean and so you fly a biplane in 1991 yeah um at any rate it was an in-house port to the mega drive slash genesis um, and published worldwide by dreamworks toa plan and sega between 1990 and 91 um, there were a few changes on the console release. There's also a conversion for the Sharp X68000 that never did get released. Um, it was, I mean, it was just like pretty, you know, it was received pretty well in the West, but not as much in Japan because it was pretty hard. Um, you know, we're, we're gearing up toward bullet hell, you know. Um, anyway, um, it, uh, it's of course you know kind of like a military theme. It has a you know very reminiscent of, of the 1940 series of games. Um, you have to fight like tanks and uh, kamikaze uh, planes and artillery and ships and other crap um, from the strange fleet armada. And you've got different weapons um, that you can get as icons as you destroy these zeppelins. A laser beam, a wide shot, or a flamethrower. You also get speed boosts. You get extra bombs. You get P and one ups. Um, if you get three P's in a row, then it increases your firepower one level. Um, of course, the third being the highest. And then you just like fill the entire screen with just bleh. <laughs> That's how I'm going to describe it. Just, just you're pissing fire all over the screen. Um. Anyway, um, you have, uh, depending on your settings for the arcade version, uh, you also can use a checkpoint. So if you're downed and you have to start over, you respawn from your checkpoint. Uh, of course, if you get hit by an enemy, you lose life and can decrease your firepower. And then in the arcade, you can put more money in to keep on playing. It has 10 stages, and it loops back to the first one after you have completed the last uh, stage. It's a very Toa Plan thing. However, 
it gets a lot more uh, bloody. Um, one thing that was pretty cool about this game, and I think it's just one of the things that makes the game look really, really nice, is that um, the artwork, a lot of the artwork in the game was hand-drawn um, and then uh, transposed to pixel art. Um, it just, it gave it us a really good, really good, uh, um, you know, look to the game. And they, they wanted this to also sort of serve as a successor. Um, like there's a, there's like different weapons that this one is successor to weapons from other games, like the blue laser from Truxton, um, you know the the flamethrower is of course new, um, but they wanted things. They wanted to to sort of keep it in the family of games, and uh, they were settling on uh, the word, um, which I'm guessing would be same and not same. You know they were saying they wanted to to put out the same strengths. The word same same would be shark in Japanese, so they wanted to keep. The shark theme, anyway. Um, yeah, language is fun. Anyway, it was released by Toa Plan in Japan on November 2nd, 1989, and then in Europe uh, the same year. North American release was by Romstar, uh, March uh, 1990. And then um, there was an album of the music, and the music was done uh, by... Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, by... Uh, Yuge Masahiro, um, and the art was done by Nako Gashintaro. Um, just really beautiful stuff. Um, the music in this game is great, very just energetic. So there is a full um, an album that was released by uh, Skytron and uh, Pony Canyon, and then of course October 1990, Toa Plan released uh, Fire Shark, um, and. Uh, it was released in North America by DreamWorks as a division of Toy Soldiers. <clears throat> um, it really, it was very faithful to the original. Um, it did have harder difficulty settings, but it did have a smaller color palette, so they had to redo some of the sprites. And as I said, um, there was uh, an X68000 version in development that was supposed to be published by Kaneko. Um, and they did advertise it pretty heavily, but it didn't get released to market. Um, it, the port was re-released later by Retrobrit in 2020, and in 2022, the arcade version was included in the Hisho Same 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 uh, compilation for Nintendo Switch and PlayStation 4 as M2's Toil Plan Arcade Garage. Um... The original was also included in the uh, Sega Astro City Mini uh, V. And, uh, yeah. But as far as um, uh, its uh, ratings when it was released, it got really high ratings. Famitsu gave it a 31 out of 40. Um, uh, Computer and Video Games gave it 90% for the, the Mega Drive. Um, EGM for the Mega Drive gave it a 33 out of 40. Um, so, I mean, it, it got some pretty, pretty good reviews. Um, there's a German magazine called Power Plague that compared it with 1943, the Battle of Midway and Vapor Trail Hyper Offense Formation, 
which are pretty apt reviews. I mean, the whole military theme and having like all kinds of special weapons that shouldn't have existed in that environment. So, um, but yeah, as far as um, other things, uh, the rights to Fire Shark and the other Toa Plan IPs are owned by a company called Tetsujin, which is, uh, it was named after Truxton's Japanese title, uh, Tetsujin. Um, and it was founded in 2017 by a Yuge. Um, and they're affiliated with a, an arcade manufacturer, XA Arcadia. Um, and in other influences, uh, Super uh, XYX, um, it was uh, influenced stylistically by Fire Shark. So there you go. All right. What a, I, I actually didn't know a lot about this game, so it looks like a lot of fun, though. Um, they had it, they have it um, every so often at California Extreme. It was mm. there a couple years ago, and I think I just like didn't get off of it because I was like, "There's fire everywhere." Yeah, the flamethrower rep- weapon was clearly my favorite. Yeah, no, and I, I agree with what Questbuster said in chat about. I love the art direction for games like this that pair terrifying flame cannons that reach across the screen to a tiny biplane. Oh yeah, there's just there's just something about this era of shooter games that is is excessive and wonderful. Just freaking tattoo the Toa Plan logo on my butt or something. <laughs> Careful what you ask for. <laughs> well, no, because no I know one's an artist. I know that. an artist that could do it. <laughs> no one's gonna pay for me to do that. I can't pay is, for it. It is the holidays. <laughs> I have other things. Is that a dare? <laughs> I'm not gonna have the Toa Plan logo tattooed on my butt. I'll Damn. have something else tattooed on my butt. All right, I, I, a butt tattooed on your butt. A butt shaped tattoo. All right. Anyway, butt, the butt on it. I'm I'm back and I'm it's hi- buttception. <laughs> and yes, I get the Beavis and Butthead reference. I'm back and I'm hydrated, and it's this actually does relate to the show because I'm drinking a particular beverage. I'm not going to say the name because they're not sponsoring us, so I'm not going to say their name on the podcast. But it's a beverage that I drink, and I can't not think of Dark Sakura when I drink this beverage because the pe- it, the, the P word, yes. Yeah. <laughs> because it's it's something that we used to drink when we played DDR all the time. And I, you it, know, I can't stand those drinks anymore. They taste slimy. They feel slimy. Oh, no, I, I like them now. They're fine. But they used to come in a much better bottle. Now they, they changed, yeah. like, you know, this is years ago. They changed the logo and everything. But, I mean, when I'm sick, it's, like, super good for hydration, I think, because it does have electrolytes and all that good stuff in it. But um, yeah. we used to drink the crap out of it. And it's zero sugar, which is important for me. Uh mm-hmm. and, Apparently, I've just been all about water when I'm dancing, but yeah. uh, but in the morning when I make my coffee, I use potassium drops and echinacea drops. Fun. Yeah, it's like I don't want to get sick, but I don't want my water to taste like salt. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even like Pokari sweat anymore, but Dan drinks that up. Oh, interesting. No, I mean, like, I'll yeah. drink regular tap water, but I get, I, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I get bored of it. So I, I like to use, I still use the little like infuse, again, I'm not naming names, but I use little infusers that you put a little bit in it and it just adds a little bit of. I'll name a name. I still drink that, that Mio stuff. Well, Target has like a generic brand of that. So I'll use that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll drink whatever people want to send me free samples of too. (laughs) Like I have so many different samples of sports drinks that I got (laughs) at. TwitchCon. Careful what you wish for, because I think the mailbag has yet another email. Contact. I delete all that. Okay. 
was like, I think so. But I mean, but literally, if someone does want want to sponsor me, I'll be like, yeah, your drink's adequate. <laughs> oh, shit. what a what a rousing uh, <laughs> like, advertisement. Well, it clearly worked because I have to pee. <laughs> Let me run an ad break. All right. Okay, I'm back. Yes, it did hydrate me. I had quite the nice visit to the bathroom. All right, well, don't run an ad break now or you might miss some <laughs> rapid fire news. We're going to talk about some other things that have happened in the industry real quickly. So, Loki, we'll start with you. Yes, uh, so there's a brand new mod you got to check out if you're a fan of Doom and of the NES version of Friday the 13th. It brings the NES Friday the 13th into Doom. So I, this I'm is- listening. Yes, it's called Friday the 13th, Jason's Doom. It is a total conversion, or I guess map pack, I'm, whatever, for... I'm, so, I'm sorry, I, I have to derail for a minute. The game that's playing in the background there, is that person wielding a stop sign as a weapon? <laughs> tell, yes, they are. Tell me more about this. I'm down for that. Because <laughs> so it looked like it they is... were wielding a stop sign, and then they put it down, and then they picked it up again. <laughs> so, okay, so right here in this part is where you have to uh, pay the monster it you don't really see it you pay them to get money to you have a quota you have to meet and so if you hit the bell there's like a little service bell there if you hit it too many times mm-hmm. the tentacles come and kill you but you basically yeah, you put the stuff you're trying to sell on the counter there and then you hit the bell interesting not too many times because otherwise <laughs> you you will die because <laughs> it is lethal company interesting uh, i just i like yeah. the idea of beating people up with a stop sign stop, stop! yeah it, it's it's there's monsters in the game like there's all sorts of things there's like spider-headed things and all right uh, it, it like, sounds like one of the streamers dark soccer watches plays it so i need to check it out i guess yeah you check it out for sure yeah. it's it's a good time all right anyway um, sorry uh back to doom meets friday doom. the 13th because i was interested yep. in that too but until i got distracted yeah so it is still a work in progress but you can check out the uh current uh progress on it already i think you can download it still and uh be able to play it and yeah it is essentially the friday the 13th um nes version fully fleshed out in 3d which is crazy with the old I'm retro check this graphics out. And I, I lo- I, i'm gonna check it out i will that's a threat yep um and then uh in another fan created piece uh you know where this is going but a fan decided to do a fan made a fan made port of link's awakening to pc and nintendo struck it down because <laughs> that's what they do um so i feel that they did this the correct way in the sense that they uh put it out what was kind of unique about this is uh so they put this on itch.io for a bit uh, it actually had the full map was active all at one time so you could actually zoom all, all the way out to see the full map or zoom all the way in and play it that way it looked awesome i i yeah. saw a clip of this on social media and i was like dang this looks cool but being but being that they did the smart thing which is they finished it then put it out and then it got struck down it's on the internet, so you should be able to find it somewhere. Mm. Hopefully. I'd like to check it out. You'll have to check the dark web. The dark web. The deep into the dark black web. Web. Check out that old reference. There you go. Check that out. All right. Uh, moving on. Dark Sakura. So, um, 
there is uh an <clears throat> sorry oh my gosh i'm like my voice is like starting to be a crap now um i'm right there with there you, is uh disney illusion island has a free content update and it's called the keeper up and it has a new uh mavens of monoth time trials feature um and just different accessibility features gallery unlocks a new map um and yeah and i've actually never heard of this game <laughs> it's cute um i've heard bobby talk about it he plays it, like the art style he's played it with uh jennifer and he he thinks it's a good game that uh for them to play together he, they enjoy their time playing that i it i really don't like the art style really i thought it looked cute yeah not at all i you know it's one of those things where it's like if I only had time to play every single game I wanted to play, I'd play this. But you know, it's just. I also, I, I think I don't like it in the same way that I don't like like the newer Transformers animated art style. Hmm. Well, yeah, I'll play it if you won't. All right. <laughs> um, moving on, I want to talk about. Oh, this this is fascinating to me because they have found a new cheat code for a game from 2009. You remember cheat codes? Okay, before all of our systems connected to the internet by default and people figured out that you could sell things that way, we used to have cheat codes in games where you would have like button presses and you can unlock things. And just this week, it was found that in the Gran Turismo port for PlayStation Portable, that's PSP. Hey, Loki, remember OLRPSP.com? Yep. Me too. Anyway, uh, the PSP, 14 years after this game came out, this cheat code has been found. The cheat codes, they unlock all the cars in the game and award the player 99 million credits. Those are both things that would be microtransactions in this day and age. That's that's the wild thing of this. Uh, so the user on the subreddit and GT Planet boards, uh, Pez2K, I love that name, uh, mentioned that they discovered the cheats while they were digging through the game's code out of curiosity. And they happened to spot two lists of buttons in one of the main scripts. And then it took a couple of attempts to confirm exactly what buttons it was. And then they verified that it worked. And this honestly, this really sounds like something that was probably a testing code that was left in the game. And this happened all mm -hmm. the time in the classic games. Because what else? You unlock all the cars so you can test all the cars. You give somebody 99 million credits so you can test all of those features without having to play through the game. Like that, th these were probably things that were buried deep into the game and never came out. So all you need to do to unlock all the cars, you hold down start and select and R and go up, right, left, left, square, up, right, right, up, triangle, right, up. I'm sure, I'm sure that would have been found completely on its own. <laughs> That's a pretty that's a pretty complicated thing. So anyway, Redertainment in chat says, uh, I've been playing uh Redertainment has been playing his PSP lately. I'll have to try this code. Yeah, uh it's it's out there. I'm sure you weren't writing down what I was saying there very fast. It's it's a little more complicated than you know ABBA and Akari Warriors or something, because I love the ABBA code. Um Dr. C in chat says, Love me some newly discovered codes for old games from 20 years. Yep, me too. Me too. Ooh, Dark Soccer, you found that Link's Awakening? Yeah. To be fair. Yeah, I found the fork. I found the fork of it too. Uh post that in our I can Discord. make sure that you get yeah, it. Yeah, send it to me. I mean, I haven't gone looking for it yet, but just oh, it's on archive.arc. Quiet, quietly and privately. Yeah, just send it to me on uh DM. S just slide into my DMs and send me some link. All right. Um 
let's travel around the world and check out some releases for those of you that are, <laughs> for those of you that are not going to the dark black worldwide web yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, what's what's coming out for you this week not a lot i mean as expected uh so we've got resident evil 4 on mac and ios uh we have princess maker 2 regeneration on pc nintendo switch playstation 4 and playstation 5 we have a game called one and that's on pc and that's it all right it it is a, a little bit slower a time of year Hey, but things are still trucking right along in Japan this week. On the Nintendo Switch, we have 2045 Sukiyori in a regular and limited edition coming out. DC5, Dakapo 5, also in regular and limited edition on the Switch this week in Japan. The Curse of Kudan comes out in Japan this week. Uh, Spy Cross Anya, Operation Memories, is also out in Japan this week. As well as Fitboxing Presents Hop, Step, Dance. That is the name of it. Uh, coming out on the Wii this week. It looks a little bit like um, like a Just Dance clone. It's kind of what it looks like to me. But Hop Step Dance. Um, Rail Romanesque Origin, also out in regular limited edition in Japan this week. Sentimental Deathloop, also out this week. And One in a regular, and you guessed it, limited edition, because we love our limited editions in Japan. On the PlayStation 5 this week, Baldur's Gate 3 gets a release in Japan on the PS5. That game's kind of a big deal. It's also a multi-language edition, so I'm assuming that means they have some additional voice acting talent to support other languages. So check that out. And that same Spy Cross Anya Anya oper- excuse me, Operation Memories also out in Japan this week. How about the UK Dark Soccer? <laughs> Nothing. All right. <laughs> Seriously, that's why I was laughing because, like, there's literally nothing. Well, I mean, it's the time of year where you expect it's slowing way down. So, understood. All right, let's do a few more headlines, though, and then we'll open it up for your calls and emails and all that good stuff. Even though I don't think we have emails, but we'll we'll check anyway. Nope, we and don't. All, and all that other good stuff. So, uh, and all that jazz. Loki. All right. Um, well. <laughs> It, we were just talking about like um, leaks and stuff like that and how Sony got hacked and not necessarily directly Sony, but Insomniac Games has been hacked. And as part of that, uh, some of the materials that were leaked from that kind of allude to games that are being worked on. So, for example, um, some of the names that came out from Insomniac Games, there was some planned projects, including Miles, RCE, SM2, SM3, and then one that's called, um, it says, uh, additional support for Spider-Verse. And that Spider-Dash or whatever (laughs) is one that's listed there. So, the thought is... Perhaps were they working on a uh, Spider-Verse game, which I hope they are, because that would be amazing. Um, But yeah, not too surprising to see that there's other Spider-Man games in development at Insomniac, obviously, because it's a successful franchise for them. But yeah, Spider-Verse game, I'd be down for that. Yeah, I think it's it's a neat direction for them to go in than to just, like, Spider-Man 3. You know what I mean? I think it would be kind of a neat thing for them to do. They kind of did that, too. Like, there was, like, um, I don't remember who used It was back in Activision when they had the Spider-Man license. They used to do a lot of these different games that were just, like, the straight Spider-Man games tied in with the movies a little bit. But then eventually they kind of 
spawn off things um, to different, like, kind of... They almost had, like, a Spider-Verse game. I'm trying to remember what it's called. It's, like, Shattered something. I don't remember. Um, but, yeah, it would be really cool to see that, especially the art style is just amazing. So if they were able to recreate that in-game, it would just be... It'd be just absolutely game of the year. Hmm. All right. Uh, Dark Sagra. Uh, yeah, me. Anyway, um, the Super Mario Brothers movie has been nominated for some Golden Globes. Uh, basically, the three awards are Best Animated Movie, Best Original Song, and Cinematic and Box Office Achievement. So, yay. And y'all can watch it and let me know how it goes. <laughs> Yeah, because I think the the Gold Globes are back on TV this year because they they had some issues the last few years that they've been working out. And I believe CBS has the rights now. Um, For many years, NBC aired them, but now CBS is going to air them this year. Um, So, yeah. And the Golden Globes are kind of, I don't know, they've always been like the fun awards. uh, But people also kind of try to look at them as like a barometer for the Oscars. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and it's weird to talk about the Mario movie and Oscars. But I would assume two of these three categories, because the third doesn't exist, the cinematic achievement thing isn't really an Oscar category. That 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 is a category added to get more people to watch the Globes. That's what that is. But I would assume, actually, honestly, that the Mario movie is a shoe-in for those other two categories at the Oscars. I think it will get nominated for Best Song, and I think it will get nominated for Animated Movie. Uh, it, will, it won't win Best Song. Sorry, I know you all love Peaches, but that Barbie movie has way too much inertia behind it, and especially the Billie Eilish song, which is, actually is really good. Uh, and if the Billie Eilish song somehow didn't win, I would think the Dua Lipa song would win for sure. Like I love e- the Dua Lipa song. There, it's either going to be the, the depressing song or the upbeat song. Like one of those Barbie songs is going to be the Peach <clears throat> song, but it's still rad that it would even be nominated, to be honest, because how often, you know, and here we are, who would have thought in the 90s when the Mario movie uh, with Bob Hoskins came out, that we would be sitting here talking about an Oscar nomination years later for the Mario movie in any form. You know, that's pretty, pretty astounding. Yeah. You know, Tiger Law does bring up a, a good point is that if peaches does get nominated, you would likely get a performance of it at the ceremony. And he's suggesting that Jack black can perform the song while wearing a Bowser costume at the Oscars. Uh, not outside I would the, to see that. Yeah. Not outside the realm of possibility. And if you want to talk about things that'll get people watching, I think that would be super cute. I th- actually, I think all of the unnominated songs this year, because I think the Barbie performances, I think people would really want to see that too. Um, Cause uh, actually Billy, Billy Ellis was on uh, SNL last night. If I remember right, I think she did do the, the sad Barbie yeah. song. So um, SNL is on my shit list. Yeah. So it was, um, um, but I'm pretty sure she did that song. Um, and, uh, what else was I going to say? Oh, the animated movie. I, it's, it's hard to topple. I mean, what else, what else would it be up against from this last year? Oh, ironically, probably a Spider-Verse movie from this last year, right? Would be on the short list. Um, and probably a couple Disney movies. I don't know. Maybe we, I could see it maybe winning best animated, but I, I think that's its best shot at actually winning anything at the Oscars. We'll find out. Oscar noms are out in early January, if I remember right, if they're still on the same timetable they used to be before COVID. So we'll see. All right. A couple more stories for you. And Loki, I think this one's hilarious. Yes. What do you what do you give, you know, to your those wonderful gamers out there that 
you know, play a lot of Steam games, but are also complete dicks when it comes to playing uh, Steam games, especially uh, those who cheat in Dota 2. Well, you, in the ass. <laughs> you give them gift-wrapped bands. That's right. <laughs> so apparently they were... Um, they were sending out, I want to say it was like a, a gift wrapped lump of coal um, to these different players. And it, it was actually, um, they had opened it and it says, Oh, you're banned. Hello. So, yeah, it was great. <laughs> Happy it's, holidays, your band. They have, they have, uh, <laughs> they have a Twitch um, streamer who has like a clip from it, and it's like, "You've claimed a seasonal reward, a highly toxic lump of coal. Your Dota account has been permanently banned for smurfing or other violations of the Steam terms of service." Ho ho ho! <laughs> uh, it's so good. <laughs> it's. I love and there was I love people, when they have that. There have been people like streaming and getting that live on their stream, right? That's mm-hmm. that's I, I don't know what meeting they came up with that in, but kudos to them. That's the spirit of the holiday season. <laughs> Owning some cheaters. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's it's great. Love well, to see it. Well, lastly, here on our official uh show roll tonight, we have a, a pretty cool story about the uh efforts to uh, preserve our industry in the years moving forward. Unfortunately, so many, so often we have stories that talk about how, you know, like the the story about the crew tonight, about how video game preservation in many ways takes a step backwards. But this is very cool. The VGHF, or Video Game History Foundation, is going to be opening a digital version of its research library. Through this digital library, it will have uh, near-complete sets of magazines, art books, and rare historical materials. And I get excited thinking about that rare historical material stuff because, you know, and I've I've talked about how cool I thought this game was a lot on this show. I'm sorry if I'm sounding like a shill, but the making of Karatika, the Goldmaster series game, I thought some of the coolest stuff in that game was like actually getting to see like design documents and like letters that went back and forth between the publisher and Jordan Mechner, who developed that game, that really gave you a look behind the scenes for like how games were made in that era and like some of the actual feedback that was coming in on games and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, magazines and hype is one thing. I think there's a, oh God. And here's, here's, here's the other, I'm sorry to, to um, divert a little bit, but I'm looking at the YouTube uh, picture here and I'll put it up on the other screen. And for those on the podcast feed, it's the, it's the, the Video Game History Foundation announcing. Uh, their digital library here. But I noticed in the background, there's this player's strategy guide. And specifically, there's this red one that talks about Dr. Mario with the yellow. I had this magazine. I know I Mm. had this. I know I had this because this is very familiar looking art to me. And I bet you this is sitting in a box in my dad's garage somewhere right now. In fact, I think I had at least three of these. I'm pretty sure I had uh, Fabio from Wizards and Warriors in that one too. And the one above this, which I can't remember what it is, but I, I'm, that looks very familiar to me as well. The other three don't look familiar. Those three do. So it's, it's just funny to me that these memories I have are now like in a museum digitally somewhere. So anyway. As you can imagine, the goal of digitizing the entire archive is a lofty one. It's going to take them some time, but that is a goal. Uh, So uh, the organization has been at this process for two years. 
Uh, and a lot of that has been designing the search technology and the interface platform. The library will be launching at some point next year and have a sampling of the catalog. Uh, but this this just sounds awesome. Keep in mind, it doesn't talk about being able to necessarily play games. I mean, there's other places you can do that. But in this collection, print magazines, design documents, audio assets, press materials, concept art. This is this is going to be awesome. Uh Kudos to the VGHF for getting involved with this. I look forward to that finished archive. So, all right. You know, that's the kind of thing I eat up. Yeah, I know. I'm excited too. I almost like, like the day that opens Dark Sakura, we should just do an unboxing stream where we just jump yeah. in there and read it together. We'll, we, we do that. We'll do that. Let's do an that's unboxing right. stream. All right. So it's got a very big box. All right. Anyhow, uh, we want to invite you all to join us at the table here. I will admit, though, my my voice is is wearing as the night goes on, so I don't know if we're going to keep going much longer. Um, but if you have any questions in chat and so forth, we'll go ahead and answer those. Otherwise, I will look to uh, Loki or Dark Soccer if there's any last-minute stories or last things to get out here before we wrap up for the night. There's a little thing I saw mm. um, just before we went live. Mm is that uh, Google has extended the Bluetooth conversion for Stadia controllers. Yeah, I heard about that. Um, yeah. To the end of 2024. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize there was a hard stop on that at first. That, like, if you didn't do it by then with your controller, it was a brick at that point, basically. So. Yeah, I'm still kind of deciding if I want to leave mine, you know, virgin. Mm. Oh, just, just for the novelty not. of it? Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, I've got other controllers that I use. And as much as I was, you know, a fan of of Stadia, you know, at the same time, I I don't know. I I wonder if it would be like some sort of like collector's deal. Hey, I have a a, a pristine controller. Meh, 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 I'm meh, gonna meh. be honest. It would be hard when it. the platform no longer exists. There's literally nothing. To, I I I don't know, but. You know, that's your choice. It's your money. So it depends on what it's I probably mean. don't really care that much about it, yeah, to be honest. What it means to you. So um all right. Well, I do want to at least give the email bag a shout out. Participate at orangelaundradio.com is the place to send us any emails if you want us to talk about them in a future week. I'd especially encourage this for next week. It's probably gonna be a bit of a slower news week this week, as uh, I imagine most schools are starting their winter break this week. Therefore, a lot of, you know, vacation times are starting and so forth. Actually, maybe it is next week. That a lot, I think, Loki, when are your kids on break? <laughs> um, on Wednesday. Oh, oh, they start midweek. Okay, interesting. So, but anyway, I do expect the news is just going to start slow down as the, you know, holidays are really kicking into gear and so forth. It's going to um, be all of your favorite game site staffers putting out their top 10 list oh can't wait can't wait that's 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 the content that you the can same, look forward the same to. staffers at a very major website that wrote the most patronizing review of a video game i've ever seen and what they were talking about with Fortnite festival and like i get that that game has its drawbacks and i too criticize you know how much they're charging for certain things but my god i felt like that i felt like the article there was like talking to me like i was a four-year-old i was disgusted quite frankly i mean yeah i just who pissed in their cornflakes? Just, but I'm sure it gets clicks. And here I, here I am, anger talking about it. So maybe it works. But I'm not naming the site. That's why I'm not doing it. All right. Um, um I do have a couple things. Uh, so, uh, starting off with, um, you know, we hadn't talked about this in a while, but uh, Epic Games, uh, versus 
uh, Google in the whole Google Play Store thing. Uh, they won. Oh yeah, I heard about. They this. won their their they won their trial. Um, basically saying that you know Google was participating in anti competitive practices. Um, also they had Google was caught deleting evidence, so that's always that's what that's what you know innocent companies do. Um, they are going to still go to appeals for this, but they did. That's why this story isn't done. It's going to yeah. go. It's, it, this is going to be decided by the Supreme Court. It's it, it, so, in 2026. But funny that they, uh, you know, lost one and won this one. Yeah. Yeah. It is weird. Just interesting. Um, it just goes to, to show, you know, you got to keep your stuff above the table. Then there was that uh, terrible game the day before that came out that um, was just an absolute piece of garbage. The company that put that game out, Fantastic. Certainly not a, uh, an, uh, certainly not, the quality doesn't match the name, unfortunately. Uh, they said, uh, basically that they don't have money to continue the development of the game, that, uh, they are, you know, basically just shutting the whole company down. And it says they're working with Steam to open up refunds for any players who choose to make a refund. Please refund the game. The game doesn't work anymore. It's already been delisted from Steam. Get your refund already. Don't give these people any money. Um, and, you know, obviously this game was, like, very hyped up. The trailers and everything made it look like much, you know, obviously way better than it was. And, yeah, this is how it ends. So, great. Hmm. Um, what else? Uh yeah. Oh, and there is a tease apparently that there may be a free tier of Game Pass coming soon that's going to be supported by ads. So I wonder if that would be, be similar to like the because there there's remember there's that whole like you know if you have like Xbox Gold you have like that entry level Game Pass that has less games in it when they when they decoupled that whole thing some time ago you remember that so. Yeah, well, they're. I think they're mainly talking about other regions. It says, you know, they said oh. for for models like Africa or India or Southeast ah. Asia, maybe places that aren't console first. You can say, hey, do you want to watch a thirty sec or thirty seconds of an ad, and they get two hours of game streaming? Oh, okay. Um, okay. So they're saying that because those areas don't have a lot of disposable income, that that might be an option. Interesting. Um, I, I mean, thirty seconds of an ad for two hours of game streaming. Sign me up. I mean, already that's better than like the ad, to, yeah. the, the ad to like content ratio for like YouTube. Like I watch for two hours. Geez, you'd be watching probably 50 ads in that time. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously it's not going to exactly be like that, but um, it is interesting to see something like that. Neat. Pretty incredible. All right. Well, um, I think that's going to do it for uh, another episode here at Orange Lounge Radio. Uh, before we say goodnight, I do want to thank you, as always, for listening to our show. Uh, thank you. If you enjoyed what you heard here at Orange Lounge Radio, tell a friend or two about the show. Help us spread the word because we are the show where every gamer has a voice. But we need more voices to put out on air. Uh, a nice five-star review on a site like iTunes, Spotify, wherever it is you found this show. It goes an awful long way in helping us with discoverability. So we appreciate all of that as well. Um, I think that's about all I have to say. So I'm going to go around and get everybody's final thought. Uh, Dark Soccer, I'll start with you because uh, I know you need to take a quick break before you start your stream. So do you have any yep. final thoughts for our listeners tonight? Um, 
don't read half the news, read all the news. Look at history and then look at all the history. All right. Have a good night. Later, Taters. Bye. Uh, Loki, let's go to you. Um, well, I've got a lot of work to do for editing. Isn't don't you always? Story of my life. Loki. And then, then, then somewhere I need to like, I also need to get like programming time in to figure out all, the, all this playdate stuff to see. I, I think that the whole idea of a golf game will be pretty cool. I, I love the idea of a golf game. I think you should get on that. That's great. I yeah. did, You know, I didn't realize I wanted a playdate until you kind of talked about it last week. So I still have to tell my husband like things I want for the holidays. They're, so. they're nice. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I understand the point of not having the backlit screen stuff because the keep down a cost but man do i wish it had a backlit screen it is hard to like view this sometimes mm-hmm. and just like normal lighting like you almost need like that whole light attachment or whatever like the game boys used to have and stuff but like man i would i would love like a gen 2 that had just the option to backlight that thing mm-hmm. would be great um, and then my final thought tonight, um, I don't know, uh, I'm going to, hopefully I'm feeling better. I actually did do a stream on Thursday and I really shouldn't have, because I think it made me regress and how I was feeling, but this, this whole sick has been a journey, but assuming I am feeling better this next week, I do, I am going to do some more streams. I've talked to Shane. Hopefully we're going to be able to do a stream together, do some wow classic together. That'll be fun. Um, I also just, you know, have a ton of stuff in the backlog. I'd like to keep playing. Yes. Fortnite too. Uh, and who knows what else? So, um, yeah, I, until, until I get to that, uh, I'll, I'll talk about that on social medias and all that good stuff, but you're here for OLR and we appreciate you being here for OLR and we hope you will be back next week. Uh, remember we're going to be here at an earlier time live next week. That time is noon Pacific. 3 p.m. Eastern. I hope some of you that can't usually make it at the usual time will be able to make it. Uh, We welcome all the new faces at that time. But of course, there's always our podcast feed as well. We love our podcast listeners as well, especially when you drop us a line on social media or or email bag, participate at orangelandradio.com. Thank you so much. Um, That's it. We're going to do it again next week. uh, Early. Bye, everybody. Have a great night. See ya. You've been listening to Orange Lounge Radio. Orange Lounge Radio is a production of OLR Studios. To join us for our live show, tune in to vognetwork.com Sunday nights at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. The views and opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff of Orange Lounge Radio nor Vog Network, but you know they were all still true. See you next week.